Hello and welcome to the Bossing It Up podcast. If you're a subscriber, thanks for coming back. If you're a brand new listener, thanks for joining me. My name is Riley and this is the show for small business owners, solopreneurs and side hustlers who want to use technology to achieve their business goals and up their IT game like a boss. Tonight is all about websites. So it pretty much goes without saying that if you're serious about your business, you need to have an online presence. And there are a ton of reasons why having a website is a no-brainer, which very few people, if any at all, will argue with. However, does this online presence have to be a website? There are so many social media platforms that provide you with an online presence for free. Why do you need to own and maintain your own website? Why not just settle for a YouTube channel or a Facebook page or something similar? This is the reason why. Those platforms, and I'm talking about social media platforms specifically, are not made with your best interests at heart. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking social media at all. I myself have several social media accounts. But social media platforms are first and foremost businesses. And the aim of any business is to make money by serving its customers. And a customer is someone who pays money for a service. All of these platforms offer free accounts. So if you have a free account with Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc., you are not a customer, which means that the platform is not serving you. So who do these platforms serve? They serve their paying customers who are actually advertisers. So how do these facts impact on you if you want to use one of these platforms as the main hub of your online presence instead of getting your own website? Well, it all comes down to one word, visibility. If the platform you're using as your main online presence doesn't deem your content to be ad-worthy or advertisement friendly, they will make you invisible. How does this work in practice? Well, let's take Facebook for example. Facebook's algorithm decides which pages and posts show up in a user's newsfeed. Now the algorithm favors pages and posts that actually pay Facebook to promote their content. So if you haven't got an advertising budget, and if you haven't paid Facebook to promote your posts, your content on Facebook will be given lower priority. So lower priority, in fact, that it could almost be invisible. Your page or profile will be lost among the millions and millions of other pages and profiles that Facebook has demoted in favor of another page or profile that actually has an advertising budget and has paid them some money. Now again, 
please don't get me wrong i'm not against facebook i haven't got a downer on social media at all i think all of these platforms have their place and they're an effective tool for business when used correctly but with your own website this will not happen how visible your website is on the world wide web is in most part up to you so the most effective overall strategy for your online presence is to use your website as a central hub for all of your online content and then use your social media pages as satellites that funnel traffic back to your website and there are many different ways to do that. Now it's beyond the scope of this episode to go in depth about those strategies but if you'd like some more information about exactly how to organize your social media accounts so that they actually support your website then please post a comment on this episode or drop me an email and if I get enough responses I'll be happy to cover that topic in a future episode. So that's just one reason why you still need a website in 2018, why having your own website is still relevant. When it comes to planning your website, the most common mistake that people make is to jump straight into the design process, deciding on colours, fonts, layouts and the whole aesthetics of the project. You might be thinking to yourself, why is this a mistake? Well, I'll answer that question with a simple analogy. If you needed a new employee for your business, what would you write first as part of the recruitment process? The job description or the dress code? Of course, you'd write the job description first because what the new employee needs to do the function they need to perform is far more important than what they'll be wearing. In fact, what the employee wears at work on a daily basis can be dependent on the tasks they perform. For example, if you need a new employee to work in the warehouse, you wouldn't have them wearing a business suit to work. So it makes practical sense to decide on their function first before deciding on their appearance. And the same is true of your website. The purpose of websites has changed drastically since the birth of the World Wide Web. A website for your business shouldn't be just an online advertisement or a brochure telling people what you do. Those days are long gone. A website today is more like an employee who performs a vital function for your business. And as such, you need to first decide what it will do before deciding what it should look like. So in practical terms, this is what you should do. 1. Set out the goals you want your website to achieve. 2. Structure your content around those goals. 3. Structure your design around your content. Another really important consideration is whether or not to hire a web designer or to build and design your website yourself. It's never been easier to design and build a website yourself in 2018 with services such as Squarespace, Wix and Weebly. These services make it really easy to get a website up and running in a very, very little amount of time and with very, very little web design experience. But it's also true that having a good looking website is not all there is to it. 
there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes of a website that you won't necessarily know about and these things are very important if you want your site to be effective. For example, and this is probably the biggest one of all, SEO. Search engine optimization, SEO, and web design go hand in hand. SEO has a direct impact on the actual design of your website. How it actually does this is such a huge topic that it's best saved for another episode, but for now, Let's say that your website needs to be designed and built with SEO in mind right from the very start. Now, if you can invest the time and energy into learning these things in order to create your website yourself, then by all means, go ahead. If not, then it's best that you hire a professional. Having said that, I should point out that many web designers are basically graphic designers who are able to transfer their artistic talent onto a web page. Not all web designers are skilled in marketing or technical SEO. So you shouldn't assume that your web designer is a one-stop shop for all of these things. So have an in-depth discussion with your web designer about marketing, SEO, etc., so that you know exactly what they will and won't be doing for you. When it comes to choosing a designer, my advice would be to do your research check out their reviews and testimonials. And also, only hire a designer that you can actually meet in person. You would not believe how many people I've spoken to who have hired web designers over the internet only for them to abscond and leave the client with a half-finished website or no website at all. Unfortunately, this happens all the time. It's extremely common. So you need to make sure your web designer is trustworthy. One area that I'd like to address that's very, very important is that of your domain name. Just to clarify what this is, your domain name is the part of a website address that comes after the www. So for example, yourbusiness.com, that's a domain name. The biggest mistake you could make, and I can't stress this enough, is to register your domain name through your web designer. There are so many unscrupulous web designers out there, it's just not worth the risk. These unscrupulous designers will actually register domain names on behalf of their clients, but actually register the domain name for themselves. And they do this as a tactic to lock you into working with them for an indefinite period of time. In effect, they're holding your domain hostage. The last thing you want to happen is to fall out with your web designer down the line and then find out that you don't actually own your own domain name. Again, you would not believe how many times this actually happens. So my advice would be to register your domain yourself and only yourself. In fact, you should do this before you even approach a designer to build your site. Any decent and honest web designer shouldn't have a problem with you registering a domain yourself. So that's it for this week's episode. I hope you found it useful. If so, please rate, comment and share it with anyone who you think could benefit from it. Also, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe for weekly tips and advice on how to up your IT game and use technology to achieve your business goals. As always, please feel free to contact me if you'd like some advice on any of the things covered in this episode. 
My contact details are in the description as well as some links to helpful website resources. There's a free and downloadable website planner, some links to reputable domain registrars and a few other handy resources. So until next week, keep bossing it up.